Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Crystal Silence League Hour, live from Divine Harmony Spiritual Church in Knoxville, Tennessee, on the LMC Radio Network, a show dedicated to open-minded discussion of spirituality, new thought, prayer, and the practical use of crystals. And now, your host, the Reverend John St. Germain. St. Germain. We're trying our new system. I called in by telephone, which you can do, by the way, and um, run your show from telephone and run your switchboard by computer, which means if it crashes, I'll lose my switchboard, but hopefully the phone line will. Uh, do, do you understand? you understand the, uh, the shenanigans and uh, gymnastics I have to go through to bring you this uh, hour of quality radio? Yes, yes. I, I'm a saint. Saint is my middle name. It certainly is. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, Don't we live in interesting times? Don't we live in interesting times? Uh, uh, I got a phone call today from President Trump asking me if I could conjure up uh, 11,800 votes by my root work and conjure, and uh, I declined, and he he threatened me with uh, uh, criminal charges. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. My, my lawyer, uh, 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 who, by the way, is the Reverend Leviticus Scroggins, uh, Esquire, uh, uh, told me he'll contact uh, Giuliani and uh, they'll, they'll work something out. They'll work something out. So I, I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all. I'm really not worried. All right. And um, of course, uh, a couple of the cosplay terrorists. Proud Boys were arrested for uh, vandalizing uh, Black Lives Matter um, um, advertisements and uh, found with high-capacity rounds on them. Um, You like that term, cosplay terrorists? I read that in uh, Esquire magazine. Uh, They called it Proud Boys cosplay terrorists, which I think is a really good term for people who've never served in the military dressing up in paramilitary outfits and walking around with guns that they don't know how to use. They're cosplay terrorists. So we live in interesting times. We live in interesting times, and we'll see how it plays out. I'm looking forward to a return of uh, the the normal, wacky sort of normalcy we enjoy here in America, you know, where you just see average craziness, not waking up in the morning and turning on the radio and wondering what kind of desperate comedy show the – Government is laying on us now. Who got their Who got their check? Did anybody get their check? Uh, mine was directly deposited. You know, we got ours, and uh, I just rolled it around and paid my taxes with it. So it's kind of like a infinite regress. It's my tax money being sent back to me, and I just sent it back to them. So it was kind of a uh, uh, a wash there. Uh, and also, are we being taxed? On the stimulus check, is the stimulus check considered income? That I, I don't know. We need to ask 
the spirits, don't we? Don't we? Crystal Silence League is an organization that was originally founded um, around 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of projecting positive prayer and affirmation for all those in need. And uh, when he passed into the silence at a reasonably advanced age, I think he was in his 80s, around 1954, he uh, took the league with him until adepts of the Association of Independent uh, Spiritual Churches brought it back to life around uh, uh, 2007, I think, and um, uh, brought it to the interweb, which is where you're listening to it now. And uh, you see us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org, and that's where we reside. That's where we reside. And uh, Tony I says, let's pray for Tanya Roberts. Yeah, that, you bet. Gosh, it, isn't she pretty? Wasn't she always so pretty? And uh, one of my favorite movies was Beastmaster, for many reasons, uh, among which was uh, Tanya Roberts being in it. But Beastmaster was a great movie. I think it was a great uh, 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 cheese movies uh, of all time. And John Amos is in it. And uh, uh, Beast, one, one thing I always wanted to do is meet Beastmaster at, uh, convention and get my picture with him. Um, is he still alive? Got to play Beastmaster? Um, something, again, another question. We must we must investigate and, and search out these answers. We must find these answers. Search them out and find them. Uh, gosh, what should we do? I guess we should um, talk about our crystal of the week, which um, is Moonstone. Um, and uh, Moonstone is uh, it's one of the favorite colors, uh, one of the favorite stones, and uh, sometimes selenite is called moonstone. Uh, and uh, I, I tell you that selenite you got to be careful with. People say, "How do I cleanse this?" I'll do it in running water, and then you wind up with nothing because water will dissolve selenite; it'll just disappear on you. You'll wind up with a handful of sludge of sand. Um, but there is a uh, <clears throat> Uh, a moonstone that's a form of feldspar, and um, it's fairly solid. Um, and uh, you you tell it's moonstone because when you move it, the light uh, shines across it. It's sort of opaque. It's got a silvery white reflection that moves uh, in as a line. It looks like a line that moves across the surface uh, as the light reflects across it. It's it's like a straight line. It's a uh, optical property, and uh, Moonstone, uh, oddly enough, uh, mostly known as white, right? But it also comes in peach and gray and blue. And uh, there's a uh, a type that's prismatic known as rainbow moonstone. It's really pretty. And um, the um, uh, they are considered um, stones that help you with um, uh, with focus. Uh, with new beginnings, with letting go of the past. Uh, um, Starting all over again and doing doing a number of things. So uh, one of the um, the really great um, qualities of it is um, that the white 
moonstone resonates with the crown chakra, but also with what's called the star chakra, which floats above your head and connects you with the, the infinite, the higher power. Uh, uh, the gray moonstone helps you uh, communicate with spirits. Um, the blue moon, moonstone uh, promotes uh, clarity of the mind um, uh, in a mystical sense. Uh, it helps you in a meditative state when you're uh, trying to develop clairvoyance or trying to go out of body. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, white moonstone is associated with the moon, uh, lunar energy, intuition. And uh, the peach moonstone, uh, because of its uh, pinkish color, uh, does resonate with the heart uh, uh, chakra. But all moonstone is intellectual, so it connects the heart and the mind. If you have a conflict between heart and mind, which creates, uh, I think the cause of most anxiety is a heart-mind conflict, uh, uh, a conflict between what you feel you ought to do and what you want to do. There's uh, perception. We, we, there are things that we think are the right thing to do, but then we have feelings that take us in another direction, and I think that causes anxiety. And uh, the, pink, the peach moonstone is really good for, for helping uh, get a, a divine or spiritual insight into that. Then you have rainbow moonstone, um, which acts as a prism, right? It goes all throughout the aura. And, uh, um, and um, so... Um, and sure enough, um, the uh, computer, I believe, has crashed and um, because Blog Talk did it. So what I want to need to do is probably restart my computer, and I'm just going to assume that you can still hear me. Um, and uh, we'll move on to the uh, topic of the week. Blog Talk has gone all to heck. I, I've researched this because I don't uh, know of a whole lot of people who uh, are on Blog Talk. But I know people who listen to Blog Talk, and there are people who say that the sports people are having similar problems in the chat rooms of um, and chat logs of people who are on Blog Talk are really unhappy about it. Um, and you, you know, sometimes they're a little less forgiving than um, those of us in the spiritual community, or maybe not. I've seen some pretty salty people in the spiritual community. We've been talking about the <clears throat> um, fourth noble truth in Buddhism, um, which is uh, the path of uh, Buddhism, the, uh, the Eightfold Noble Path. And while a computer boots up, I may I want to try to pull up the uh, Crystal Silence League prayer page so that um, we can pray in, in case I can't get back on um, where I need to be. And uh, we'll, we'll pray on that method. Um, and we were talking about how the um, the path was divided into um, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, compassion on one side and wisdom on the other. And that we were talking about right livelihood about how this means you should abstain from taking one's living through a profession that brings harm to others. And that's, that's pretty common sense. You don't um, have to debate much about that. Uh, harmful profession is pretty obvious. And uh, uh, there's some debate about whether uh, <clears throat> a military career is wrong profession. Uh, personally, I don't think it is. 
I believe that a soldier who works in <clears throat> a noble manner to protect uh, the loved ones uh, who's working with good intention, and intention is very important, is not in wrong profession. Uh, uh, I, I don't believe it is at all. There are people who are very anti-military, very uh, uh, anti Violence in any manner, but uh, in this world in which we live, very difficult to get by without defense. And I can tell you at some point, I don't think we'll get into it today, about the Emperor Ashoka, who um, lived uh, maybe 500 years or so after uh, the Buddha, who conquered. Much of India, violently. I mean, he killed, oh gosh, hundreds of thousands of people with his armies and brutally slaughtered them. Then he heard about Buddhism, and it caught his attention. And he bitterly repented this violence, and he dismantled his army. And uh, he completely dismantled his army. And he uh, taught his sons the Dharma. And Ashoka sent uh, Buddhist missionaries all over the world. And you find evidence of this uh, in these missionaries everywhere. The Essenes, ah, oh, we're back up on Blog Talk. We're back up. You find evidence of the Essenes everywhere. Uh, the Essenes in Judea, for instance, they were they were Buddhists. And uh, uh, so, what we understand from that is that uh, the historical Jesus, who used to go into town, uh, which was a crossing, Judea was a crossroads of. Uh, uh, where people would come um, um, to uh, uh, trade, right? That's why the moneylender temple was there. And uh, uh, there were people from all over the world who used to go into town and discuss religion with him. We know he was exposed to Buddhist thought. The historical Jesus would have been exposed to Buddhists, Hindus, uh, Egyptians, Greeks, etc., and um, there's writing uh, that dates back to Hellenistic Greece that describes uh, uh, a tribe of men called the Terra, the T-H-E-R-A, which were undoubtedly the descendants of Ashoka's Theravadan Buddhist uh, missionaries who settled in Greece. And these writings describe their daily lifestyle, and it is a Buddhist practice. And it, it's so exciting to see this, that Ashoka's Buddhist missionaries settled in Hellenistic Greece and no doubt influenced the Hellenistic Grecian way of thinking, which is why you see these concepts everywhere. And um, But Ashoka renounced violence, and he put up these edicts. Uh, There's still today the Ashokan pillars, and they're, uh, you can see them all over um, uh, Central Asia where he, he gave his edicts, uh, and he, he did crime and punishment and uh, defending the borders, but he did so without aggression. And uh, one of his edicts is very interesting. He said, when you attack the religion of another person, you kill your own. Therefore, the, the blessed one, of Ashoka, shall uh, instruct to give alms and support to all religions without 
prejudice. And he was a Buddhist, right? Uh, he discouraged the attacking of other people's beliefs, and um, which is something the spiritual community could really learn. Um, we could really learn in the spiritual community to stop attacking other people's beliefs. There's there's a type of um, snobbishness in the spiritualist community um, that somehow we are superior to uh, other other spiritual practitioners, and uh, you know the ones I'm talking about, and uh, I, I find this stressing. So, uh, right profession is uh, is very important, and right speech, where you abstain from telling lies and backbiting and slander. Uh, right action aims at promoting moral and honorable and peaceful conduct. And uh, right livelihood, we talked about. So these three factors, right speech, right action, and right livelihood of the Eightfold Path constitute ethical conduct. And it should be realized that the Buddhist ethical and moral conduct aims at promoting a happy and harmonious life, not only for the individual, but for society in general. These rules or uh, guidelines, they're not commandments, they're guidelines, uh, are not only uh, aimed at individual behavior, but government, society, groups of people. And that's what makes them um, remarkable. Let me um, let me take a, um, a moment to uh, have a warm drink. <clears throat> it's very dry here because it's winter. And uh, we'll move on to uh, uh, the next section. The time approaches for our weekly prayer service. If you are so inclined, join us at crystalsilenceleague.org to see this week's prayer request. And I may have spoken too soon because uh, when my computer came back up, it did not bring up the prayers. So let me uh, – there we are. Bingo. Ha! Huh. There we are. So we're going to start with prayer ID number 101620, who says that I need mental and emotional healing. I feel like I've been going through a lot lately at home at work. Unfortunately, I live at a home while I'm saving up for a new house but have a stressful relationship with my mom, and my work is overwhelming at times and stressful too. I feel like I have nowhere to turn and no one to talk to. I don't have that many friends either. I need mental and emotional support, but I don't know where to turn. Please pray. I find emotional support and healing. Thank you. Amen. Also, this person prays for their cat. Since the cat needs expensive dental cleaning, this is I'm praying for my cat Leo, who needs an expensive $700 dental cleaning procedure to remove tartar. $700. I pay $200 for my tartar from his teeth. The vet says he has gingivitis too. I'm praying for the extra dollars to cover this procedure and praying that my cat is not in pain and suffering from his condition. Thank you. Amen. $700 is a lot for teeth scaling. I think I pay $200. Prayer ID 101612, permanently remove M.W. from M's, K's, 
life and heart, make them despise each other right now, make this woman leave M's life and destroy his relationship with her, permanently break them up, all communication and interaction stops for good right now, M finds another man and moves on. And we have a couple of prayers, uh, 101-606, 101-605, about a living situation. May I be a valued tenant to see the landlord, and may he see this clearly as he looks over my housing application. May we each be happy with my rental of his Pittsburgh property. May the landlord approve my application for this Pittsburgh housing unit straight away. May I be happy there, healthy, prosperous, focused, and successful. Amen. And it says, prayer ID 101604. He says, greetings to all dedicants. That's what we are, you know, we're prayer dedicants. I wish you a healthy and prosperous new year. My prayer request for 2021, one, oh, it's itemized, one, a successful law school from 11 January to May 2021 for my daughter. Favor and grace, locate her for prominent law firms, articles with good paying allowances. Two, a healthy and happy relationship with her boyfriend, God willing to be pregnant, her boyfriend committed to pay Labola. Three, leave in a leave in a safe and affordable apartment. I guess that's live. Four, a healthy mind, body, soul for me and husband. Four, complete village house. Amen. That's good. That's a good list of things to do for 2021. Prayer ID 101603. Please pray for my partner and I that we are delivered from the actions of witchcraft against us by our neighbors and that we can move to a new house where we won't have any trouble. Amen. Prayer ID 101599. Please pray that M.M. will heal from the grief and trauma of her son's suicide. Although she'll miss him for the rest of her life, the debilitating trauma and grief will subside and she'll have peace and joy. Amen. And prayer ID 101598, who prays to be healed, and she prays for the healing of me and my body and my twin flame. Bring them to me. Amen. And prayer ID 101596, I need prayer to remove the evil attachments from whomever. Amen. And this is one that we've had a number of, I've noticed, the past week. Prayer ID 101583. They tried to deposit my second stimulus payment into a closed checking account after they would not allow me to update my direct deposit information. I'm disabled, and my only source of income is SSI, and I receive less than 800 a month. Please pray that the IRS will send my second stimulus payment to me by mail that I receive it very soon, and that my stimulus payment will not be lost or stolen by anyone or anything. Pray that I will receive my stimulus payments by mail very soon and quickly. Amen. Well, you know, don't you, that uh, President Trump fired more than half of the IRS employees uh, upon entering office, and the IRS has been stumbling ever since. It's, It's almost impossible to get any customer service from them right now. It's It took Two years for them to find two years for them to find something I needed. Two years. Anyway. Prayer ID one zero one five eight zero. My husband has to ha- so if you're going to defraud the IRS, now is a very good time to do it. 
that that's all I'm saying. My husband has to have his second knee surgery done in less than a month. I have had my adopted son and his teenage daughters move in. Well, the girls stir up all manner of chaos if they don't get their way. <clears throat> I don't go for drama of any sort. They need a place. It's easier living by ourselves. Oh, yes, it is. It sure is. Uh, we need blessings, his ex-wife. I wish she lived in a foreign country. Good God, I love this. Uh, uh, and the drama to stop. Most con- most countries, the drama children go to boarding school. Let, please bless me. My knee surgery, too. My kidneys and my heart. Blessings. Amen. Boy, she just summed up the uh, uh, dilemma of being an older uh, parents with the kids living with you and the grandkids. <clears throat> My heart goes out to you, darling. My heart goes out. 101579. My Aunt Jay has been hospitalized with COVID. She's in her 70s and is very sick, so she is very afraid that she'll die from this illness. Please pray that she will recover and also that she will be comforted and given strength spiritually. Amen. You know, that's uh, Mother uh, Julian of Norwich and uh, St. Gertrude uh, for plague, for uh, illness. Prayer ID 101578. Please pray for me. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish upon us the work of our hands. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Psalm 90. That's one of our regular posters. Prayer ID 10577. I need prayer to release my spiritual being from evil imprisonment and for it to evolve, elevate to a MAGA level of ascension. Oh, oh, I know what that is, yeah. Um, <clears throat> he also prays, I need prayer of healing in my body, soul, and spirit. Chakras and aura being penetrated by evil beings hurt my life, destiny, and energy. Then we have a prayer ID 101574. I pray S and JJ are blessed, protected by Jesus, Mary, St. Anthony, and ancestors. And the prayer is for all the unhappiness I gave either of them. They are blessed. More love. Thank you, ancestors. Thank you, Saints Anthony, Espedit, Jude, Michael, Saints Martin de Porres, Francis of Assisi. Amen. Go down to here. Prayer ID 101569. Needs enough money to fix their cars. Both our cars are in the shop. Please pray we get enough money to pay the bills. One is over $800. Thank you for your prayers. Amen. Prayer ID 101567. He's praying for a loved one. And he or she prays. Oh, she prays. I like knowing that we'll be friends again someday, that the familiarity, the humor, and the passion will return. That you and I once again flow with this connection. When I miss you, this is how I pray. I know we can find our way back. Amen. Then we have uh, prayer ID 101560. Hello, good friends. Please pray for my brother. He got COVID in a high temperature that gave him brain seizures. He's currently doing treatments for brain cancer. Oh, man. Please send prayers and positive healing energy to him. Pray that he will have a strong will to live and not be tempted by our mother's spirit to join her. God bless you for caring and your spiritual support. We are grateful. Thank you for reading this. Stay safe and amen. 
uh, prayer 101554. Heavenly Father, I ask thee that the spiders will stop coming into my home and that spiders will stop bothering me and that the pain and venom in my skin will heal immediately in Jesus' name. Then, this is interesting, 101545, who, who prays, I've noticed problems with the CSL website not sending emails when someone has prayed for us and potentially problems with uploading a photo to prayer requests as well. And she prays, I pray that whoever is involved with the maintenance of this website will soon be able to repair the problems. I'm still praying for everyone, even if you don't receive an email notification. Know that people care and are praying for you. Please continue to pray for me and others as well. And I need prayers for my stimulus payment. Amen. We're undergoing a complete overhaul of the Crystal Silence League website. This is a good chance for me to bring this up. And uh, it's to make it easier for the pastors to go into the back end of it and do maintenance on it, such as the uh, leading reported prayers. I personally deleted over 250 reported prayers myself. And uh, the majority of those were from one person. He was spamming, basically, just posting the same prayer in groups of 10, just over and over and over again. And um, I had to ban that person. Um, uh, they, they wouldn't stop. So we're doing a overhaul. It'll make it easier for uh, you to access your prayers, uh, edit, delete, whatever you need to do with them, um, and uh, for to add content so that we'll have more more content. It's coming back bigger and better. So occasionally there will be downtime while our uh, tech guy, is, uh, whose name is Dom, will be uh, working on it, and then we test it, and uh, we're, work, we're working on it. We're working on it. It's not a flaw in the website. It's that we're improving it. So there we have that. So let us uh, <clears throat> uh, take a minute to uh, pray for all those in need of support, comfort, their response, um, uh, their stimulus check, uh, get their get their money in their bank, uh, get that money in their pockets to put it to good use. Uh, let's do that now.
Amen. Well, diving right back into our discussion, um, we uh, talked about uh last couple of weeks, I think, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration, which is um, – uh, mental training and the uh, the jhanas, the uh, four jhanas, those are higher and higher states of uh, uh, mental concentration. And uh, so the remaining two factors <clears throat> are right thought and right understanding, and these constitute wisdom. And so people of inquiring minds will often ask, well, what's the difference between right thought and right understanding? Well, right thought <clears> – <throat> describes or indicates the thoughts of selfless renunciation or detachment, thoughts of love and thoughts of nonviolence, which are extended to all living beings. And it's very interesting, the idea of compassion from a Buddhist point of view. Um, Compassion from a Buddhist point of view is the universal wish for all sentient beings to be freed from the causes and conditions of suffering. What a... uh, uh, an untrained person feels as compassion is often aversion or um, a sentimental attachment that they mistake for compassion. And it, it's, there's a really good litmus test for that. If something causes you distress or pain, then that's aversion. It's not compassion. You know, like if you see an animal suffering and it creates pain within you, that's aversion. That's not compassion. And there are people who say things like, oh, I can't stand to think of animals or little children suffering. That's a very focused type of aversion. And then there's a a sentimentality that says the same thing. It's a sentimental uh, idea or thought that certain Beings should be spared suffering, such as children, animals, uh, good people. Uh, That's sentimentality. And neither neither one of these um, constitute compassion from a Buddhist point of view. And uh, aversion and sentimentality will often lead to wrong thinking, such as – and uh, I I want you to know, I was a vegetarian for a very long time about. 13 or 14 years, and uh, I'm practically a vegetarian still because I just don't like to eat animals. It just, to me, seems rude. Uh, but you're not sparing anybody any suffering by not eating, you know, by not eating meat. That doesn't spare anybody any suffering by Buddhist definition. That's why the Buddhist, Buddha was not a vegetarian. And there are people that will tell you he was but not according to the scriptures. Uh, Buddha and his disciples lived on alms, which means that they would go out with a bowl and eat whatever was put in the bowl. And to this day, that's how Buddhist monks live. They go into the village, and whatever's put in their bowl, they eat. And it could be a piece of meat. It could be uh, a piece of vegetable. Now, many, like in Thailand, uh, many of the population are mostly vegetarian. So the Buddhist monks will get mostly vegetable, except for this thing that's called, it's a, it's a, it's a jellied slug that a lot of the Buddhist monks get in Thailand. It's a, um, it's like a, a, a sea slug that is, um, uh, like rolled in sugar and, uh, fried. And, uh, I, I've had, uh, acquaintances who, uh, spent, uh, 
they'd go on a like a retreat uh, to a Thai monastery and become a uh, a novice monk for three months, and they talked about those slugs with great uh, uh, aversion. <laughs> oh God, we eat those slugs every day. And uh, one guy told me about a riot that almost broke out because uh, a junior monk took the trash out. And there was a candy bar wrapper in it that one of the senior monks apparently got uh, as a gift. And uh, uh, the junior monks were like, "Oh, he should have shared that with us." <laughs> and uh, uh, it should have been given to the sangha. Because they eat so very little food, right? And um, but uh, uh, very um, uh, the causes and conditions of suffering, according to Buddhism, remember, are anger, aversion, and ignorance—ignorance ignorance of the way things are—and uh, uh, or desire, desire, aversion. They're called the three poisons, uh, desire, aversion, and ignorance of the way things really are. And that is the only way you could eliminate suffering. Anything else is a gesture. Anything else is a gesture. And um, uh, I've had this discussion with uh, with other vegetarians about this. And uh, they said, well, you know, you spare the lives of this many cows, this many chickens, this many fish. Well, you don't really. If, if a, you accept the doctrine of rebirth. If you accept the doctrine that the single most important factor of karma is the destination of your rebirth, if you're not born as an animal destined for food, you'll be born in some other equally woeful state. It's inevitable and possibly worse. Would you rather be an animal? That's on now. Slaughterhouses are awful. Slaughterhouses are awful. But like a pig on a farm whose throat is cut uh, in a kosher manner, and you're for food, or would you rather be a laboratory animal? Uh, it, it's awful. The lesson we learn in Buddhism is that you don't want to be born as an animal. Period. That is an unfortunate one of the unfortunate birds. You don't want to be born in the animal womb, and this is why we work very hard not to have animal thoughts. We rise above the animal nature. At the time of death, you want to be totally in control. You want to be 100% a realized human being so that if there is a rebirth, it will be in the human realm. And because well, I don't believe in rebirth. Well, do you believe in uh, elevating your thoughts above the animal realm? You know, do you believe in bettering yourself? Uh, there's some very interesting talks where uh, some very learned Buddhist monks talk to groups of skeptics who don't they don't believe in anything, right? Well, what do you don't believe in karma? What do you don't believe in rebirth? He said, well, suppose you don't. What if you lived like this anyway without believing any of that? Isn't it better? And uh, and but they got hung up. Well, can you prove this rebirth? Can you prove this karma? Stuck in their own point of view. They, they could not uh, accept another point of view. So right thought has this, these thoughts of love and thoughts of nonviolence that you extend to all sentient beings. Now, that's easy enough to do in general, right? But what do you do to someone that harms you? Someone has harmed you. Someone's cost you your job. Someone has beat you up in school. It applies. 
the same rules apply. And that's where it is very difficult and very skillful. It's easy to love the lovable, very hard to love the unlovable, very hard to love the unlovable. That's why this is called practice, Buddhist practice. It's practice. You may never perfect it. You, you practice it. Very hard to love the unlovable. Very hard to love something or somebody that can't love you back. But nonetheless, it's essential. It is essential. So, right thought. And this selfless detachment, it's very interesting, isn't it? Very interesting and important that thoughts of selflessness, that love, nonviolence, are grouped on the side of Wisdom, wisdom. That to love everything, to love all sentient creatures, is considered wisdom. That love is considered wisdom. Isn't that something? That nonviolence is considered to, to say today. Today I'm not going to be violent. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. You, you know why I love Star Trek? Star Trek was so well written. You don't see that writing today. It's not in the new Star Trek. Roddenberry would have never approved the scripts of the new Star Trek. There's a uh, uh, original Star Trek where some alien race were judging humans. Oh, you're a violent race. And Kirk said, yes, yes, we're violent. Yes, we are. But we have a choice. He said, we choose today. I will not kill. And that, oh, I was a little kid. I was like seven years old, you know, when I saw these come home and watch Star Trek from first grade. And that stuck with me. Kurt, with his shirt torn, of course, right? You know, glistening with sweat. But today, we choose. Today, I will not kill. And that's what we do. That's the right thought. Today, you choose day by day. I'm going to do the right thing today. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to kill. I'm going to say crappy things about people. I'm going to try to control my anger uh, day by day. It's not, okay, for the rest of my life, I'll never do this. It's day by day. Today, I'm going to choose to have these right thoughts. So, and, and you do this in all spheres of life. We see this lack of wisdom everywhere, everywhere. This lack of wisdom everywhere. No thoughts of love, no thoughts of selflessness, no thoughts of nonviolence. We see it everywhere. And you see why it leads to misery. You see why it's considered wisdom. Right understanding now is the understanding of things as they are. And it's it's said that the four noble truths in a nutshell tells you the way things are. And it's it's called the, the highest type of wisdom is called ultimate reality. And according to Buddhism, there's two sorts of understanding. What we generally call understanding is knowledge, which is basically an accumulation of memory. Memorize facts. Uh, it's an intellectual grasping of a subject according to uh, a body of data. That's what we generally call understanding. That's called knowing accordingly in Buddhism. And it's not very deep. No matter how much you know about a subject, it's never considered very deep. It's not very not, not considered very deep. You can be the greatest expert in the world on something, but that's called knowing accordingly, and it's really not considered in Buddhism to be very deep, knowing facts, not very deep. There is a very deep and real understanding that's called penetration. 
seeing a thing in its true nature without name, without label, without concept. This penetration is possible only when the mind is free from all impurities and is fully developed through meditation. Let's take a moment to uh, absorb some of that and uh, catch our breath, especially me. And uh, we'll be back in a minute. And now we'll pause for station identification. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And we're back. So, in a nutshell, and we should leave this topic behind because truly you can talk about this for years. There's so many aspects. There's an entire book called uh, the Comprehensive Manual of Abhidharma, and um, it's about five inches thick, and it talks more about Buddhist psychology. And if you read this and you're a, a well-educated person, you say, well, when, when was this written? Because this is like modern cognitive psychology, and you realize it was written 2,500 years ago. And uh, it, it, it's very it breaks down consciousness to the smallest molecule it's 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 incredible your your mind just can't grasp it but in a nutshell uh the first noble truth is dukkha the nature of life its inherent suffering its sorrows and joys how imperfect it is how unsatisfactory it is its impermanence and insubstantiality and with regard to this we have a function every noble truth we have a function um, and our function is to understand it as a fact, not just a concept or a theory, but it's a fact, clearly, completely. We see it clearly. And the second noble truth is the origin of dukkha, which is desire, thirst, accompanied by all other passions, all other defilements and impurities. And just a mere understanding, an acceptance or an understanding of this is not sufficient. Our function is to discard it, to eliminate it. Pull it up by the roots, destroy it, eradicate it. And the third noble truth is the cessation of dukkha, nirvana, which, of course, in Pali is nibbana. I, I had that in my, in my book, um, Karmic Palmistry, nibbana, and they didn't know what it was. And I said, well, that's the word that uh, in Sanskrit is nirvana, and they made me change it, but I'm not a uh, Tibetan Buddhist. I'm a Theravadan Buddhist, so we call it Nibbana, but there it is, Nirvana, the absolute truth, the ultimate truth, the ultimate reality, and our function is to realize it. And the fourth noble truth is the path leading to the realization of Nirvana, a mere knowledge of the path, just an academic knowledge, memorizing it, memorizing these long lists of things, however complete will not do, you become an academic. 
In this case, our function is to follow it and keep to it in a dedicated manner. And eventually, at some point, as the Buddha said, the Dharma that I teach is like a raft that gets you across the river. You get across the river, you abandon the raft. He's the only person that said that. Buddhism in itself is not a religion. It's a practice. It's a series of exercises and practices designed to free the mind from the chains of suffering, that bind it to suffering. Uh, so it's not something that can be popularly called religion, even though it's listed uh, in the uh, variety of religious experiences, and it's listed as a religion. And uh, in Buddhist countries, there are some there are simple and beautiful ceremonies uh, and customs uh, on religious occasions, you know, like the Buddhist birthday, Upasatha, but they have little to do with the real path. But they have their value because they satisfy certain religious emotions and the needs of those who have not left these things behind, the attachment to religious rites and rituals. And they, they help them gradually along the path uh, you know, to everyone uh, where they are. And many people need, many people need religious rites and rituals to help inspire them uh, as, as they learn. But like the raft, once you're on the other side, you leave these behind. Now, this uh, idea of anatta, anatta, no self, not self, and that that's very important. And we're, we're getting to the crux of what I'm talking about when I say getting in your own way when you're doing uh, spellwork or magic. You ever argue with a client? They want to kill somebody, and so well, what if they want? I want to do doom. I want to do death curse. What do they do? Well. They stole my man. They stole my woman. I said, well, you know, the person has a right to break up with you. Oh, but they used evil magic to do this. And, you know, the more you start to talk to them, the more you realize why the person left them, right? You know, they're very bitter, very angry. And I said, well, you know, the spirits don't follow commands. We do. We, we send a prayer to the spirits, and they want to weigh it, and it'll either work or it won't, right? That's, there's no blowback on it, no, no – uh, misfire on it and the punishment will fit the crime you know if this person hurt your pride or hurt your ego they may get a comeuppance but to uh, justify death they could be oh they are evil they, they are evil they're the evilest person ever and uh this is when ego gets in the way right because something somebody dared do something against my will and caused me pain they deserve to die and you know as Spiritual practitioners, we can do the same thing. You know, we can get on our own way. We can add that emotional uh, uh, selfishness to it. But even worse than that, we can start to think we're doing the magic rather than spirit, right? We can think I'm the one with the power. And if you start to do that, you find that uh, your magic stops working. So this whole idea of not self um, – What's generally suggested by the soul or the self or the ego uh, or what's used in Sanskrit, uh, Atman, which is why we call it Anatta, an, Anatta, there, there is no Atman, is that in man, there is a permanent, everlasting, and absolute entity 
which is the unchanging substance behind the changing phenomenal world around us that the whole world changes it ages and passes away but inside a human being and some people believe in animals there's this unchanging core the soul that's eternal and according to some religions uh, each individual has such a separate soul which is created by God and which finally after death um, lives eternally either in hell or heaven and it's, it, it's destiny depending on the judgment of its creator now, some other people, it goes through many lives until it's completely purified and becomes finally united with God or Brahman, the universal soul, or the, or the Atman from which it originally emanated. So the soul, see, we're described, pretty much every, every religion you've ever heard of, basically. Um, so the soul or the self in man is the thinker of thoughts, the feeler of sensations, and the receiver of rewards and punishments for all of its actions, good and bad. And such a conception, such a construction, is called the idea of self. That's what we mean when we talk about idea of self. This whole baggage, this whole parcel, this whole body of work about the soul. And do you understand what problems that cause? Once you determine you have a soul, you immediately begin to worry about its welfare. And on that simple leap, much of the world misery is generated. Defending your soul, looking out for the welfare of your soul and yourself. Most, if not all, of the world misery generates from that simple leap. I've got a soul. How do I protect it? Do you see from that? So Buddhism, along comes Buddha, and he's unique in the world of, uh, of teachers uh, in the history of human thought in denying the existence of such a thing, denying the existence of a soul, a self, or an Atman. So according to the teaching of the Buddha, the idea of self is an imaginary false belief which has no correspondence in reality, and it produces harmful thoughts of me and mine selfish desire, craving, attachment, hatred, ill will, conceit, pride, egoism, and all sorts of other defilements, impurities, and problems. It's the source of all the troubles in the world, from personal conflicts to wars between nations. In short, to this false view can be traced all the evil in the world. All the evil in the world. Not some of it, all of it. This false view that we have a self, that we have a soul. All of it. So two ideas are psychologically deep-rooted in man. We are hardwired for this. Self-protection and self-preservation. For self-protection, man has created God on whom he depends for his own protection, safety, and security, just as a child will depend on the parent. For self-preservation, man has conceived the idea of the immortal soul or the Atman, which will live eternally. But in man's ignorance... Weakness, fear, desire, whatever. Man needs these two things to console himself. Therefore, he clings to them deeply, frantically, and in many cases, fanatically. So the Buddha's teaching that they don't doesn't even address this thing. They don't even address these questions. Um, they do, the Buddha's teachings do not support 
this, this ignorance, weakness, fear, and desire, but aims at making man enlightened by removing and destroying them, striking at the very root of it. So according to Buddhism, our idea of God and soul are false and empty because, you see, they're ideas, they're constructs, they're concepts, they're conditioned. And Buddhism frees you from the conditioned. Nirvana is unconditioned. Nirvana is the unconditioned. So, though Halley developed his theories, they're all the same extreme mental projections, usually garbled in an intricate metaphysical and philosophical uh, body of phraseology and uh, logic. These ideas are so deep-rooted in man, though, and so near and dear to him that he doesn't wish to hear, nor does he want to understand any teaching against them. And the Buddha knew this. He knew this quite well. In fact, he said that his teachings were against the current, against man's selfish desires. And just four weeks after his enlightenment, he was sitting under a tree. He thought to himself, I've realized this truth, which is deep and difficult to see, difficult to understand, comprehensible only by the wisest. Men who are overpowered by passions and surrounded by a mass of darkness cannot see this truth, which is against the current, which is lofty, deep, subtle, and hard to comprehend. And with these thoughts in mind, the Buddha hesitated for some time whether it would not be in vain if he tried to explain to the world the truth that he had realized under, under his tree, under his Bodhi tree. Then he compared the world to a lotus pond. In a lotus pond, there are some lotuses still underwater. There's others which have risen only up to the water level, and there's still others which stand above water and are untouched by it. And in the same way, in this world, there are men at different levels, and the women, of course, at different levels of development. And some would understand the truth. So he decided, eh, I'll go teach it. Well, we've reached the end of another hour, haven't we? Um, another hour you'll never get back. So we'll pick this up next week. And uh, it looks like this new system of mine works pretty well. Uh, we will uh, talk to you later. And always remember, the Reverend loves you. Hour. Heard exclusively on the LMC Radio Network. Join us next time for spiritual fellowship and discussion of spirituality, prayer, and advice on the practical use of crystals. It's been 30 days since the county bought it up a window and took the kids away. A simple life disappeared on tiptoe. I'm talking to a maid. Tomorrow's past and present mysteries Even Eastern Bay Cherokee Rich with family history The shepherds The church of divine harmony Serving lost lambs of Knoxville, Tennessee Praise with the crystal Silence